It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is Danielle Green. She was an accomplished gymnast for the University of Nebraska, the Cornhuskers right there in Lincoln. We'll talk about her What was an illustrious career as a uh, women's gymnast included a number of honors. She was a Nebraska Outstanding Scholar Award winner, an academic All-Big Ten. She was a second-team All-American, second-team All-Big Ten, a Big Ten All-Championship team in 2016. But I could go on and on about all her accolades, but then we wouldn't have the time to talk with this elite athlete, Danielle Breen. Danielle, welcome. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get into uh, gym, you being a gymnast at the University of Nebraska, I know there was a lot leading up to that, and you had to find out early on, as all gymnasts do, that you had a talent for the sport. You grew up in Ames, Iowa, so tell us how you were introduced to the sport of gymnastics. Yeah, um, I started in just like the little mommy and me classes, I think when I was about three or four maybe, and just kind of the natural... Uh, progression I guess Um, enjoyed it was doing well so just they kind of kept moving me up and before I knew it I guess I was competing so started competing when I was I think seven years old Um, and then I guess I just never looked back Uh, just kind of kept happening. Now when you're a young gymnast obviously you're when you're competitive you want to get to that level 10 that is the goal and you did just that in fact you went to the Triad Gymnastic Club in Iowa, that's where you honed your skills. But is this when you knew that you wanted to make gymnastics your sport and you wanted to grow with the sport of gymnastics? Yes, for sure. Yeah, I remember being, like when I was younger, like maybe 10 or 11 is when I start remembering um, seeing like the older girls in the gym and yeah, how well they were doing and how hard they worked and then started to see some of them going to college um, to compete. And that's when I think I first became aware of, yeah, that option. And, um, yeah, that that was, like, a possibility. And being able to see, like, people in my own circle, uh, my own, like, area doing that really made it seem possible. Well, when you were at Triad, you became an elite gymnast, obviously, uh, a level 10 gymnast. And you were a four-time JO National Championship qualifier from 2011 to 2014. So I'm sure, you know, once you graduated from high school, uh, Gilbert High School in Ames, there was a number of universities that wanted you to become come on the team as a student athlete. And there's another university right in Ames, if I'm not mistaken. It's called Iowa State. They're called the Cyclones. But somehow you went not into the Big 12. You wound up going to the Big 10 to compete at Nebraska. Yep, yep, you're right. I Yeah, Nebraska became my place. (laughs) So I, yeah, I looked at a few schools. Nebraska was the first place I visited. Um, Iowa State is a great school and I loved growing up in Ames, but there was just that part of me that wanted to get out of Ames just for the sake of growing up, I guess. Um, And Nebraska was a good happy medium in terms of it's only like three and a half hours from Ames. So I was still close enough to home and to my parents and family um, but I wasn't five minutes away. 
so Nebraska, from the first time I visited, it just felt like home. Um, just the culture there at Nebraska, the support for student-athletes that Nebraska offered, um, and the team and the coaches, like, when I went on my visits, um, it just felt like a place that I could make home and that I would feel welcome and a part of the team. Plus to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Danielle Breen. She was a women's gymnastic uh, part of the team at the University of Nebraska, competed there for four seasons. And let's talk about that 2015 season. Obviously, you're a freshman coming in to the Big Ten and all the, uh, you know, all the pressure that goes along with competing at the Division One level. And you were a two-event specialist at the time as a freshman. But talk about making that adjustment going from, you know, just being a high school kid now thrust into the highly competitive Big Ten atmosphere. Yeah, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, The level of practice changes. Obviously, college classes are a little different than high school classes, and just, like, the structure of a day is different. Um, So it was definitely a transition, I think, freshman year for anyone, regardless of what you're doing or who you are, um, is a unique challenge. Um, But, yeah, specifically hitting, yeah, the ground running with in the fall with preseason and training – was tough and there's definitely a learning curve to the schedule to yeah just the level of practices but an element that like really helped me and was a big change for me from like the club level when I was competing in high school was just the team element of college um and so having that like set team and having yeah college gymnastics is a lot more team focused as opposed to individual focused and for me that was like a huge asset and motivation and um just like as a whole in terms of doing it for something bigger than myself now you are obviously a great student you won a number of athlete honor roll awards scholastic awards uh i think carrying a 4.0 that's pretty tough to do at the collegiate level but i want to talk about in particular the 2016 season and you were part of the big 10 all championship team that had to be a special time for you to compete well in those championships, but also being named to the team as well. Yeah, absolutely. My 2016 season was my sophomore season. And so that year I actually started competing all around partway through the season um, and was able to contribute to the team in that way. And yeah, I just saw a lot of hard work paying off and um, in terms of competition, but also being able to yeah help the team in that way um, was super, yeah, super rewarding. And like, being able to step up on vault in particular. Um, I hadn't competed that like the first half of the season. And then we had a couple injuries um, that required me to step in and yeah, to see that I was able to step in when the team needed me to. Um, is definitely something that I look back on and am proud of for sure. Now looking over your career highlights, I know on the vault, you had a nine, nine, the bars, a nine, nine, uh, the floor, a nine, nine, a lot of nine, nines, but you know, the gymnast always wants that 10. How much pressure is it on the collegiate gymnast, even on you in particular to always reach for that perfect number? And if you come up short, do you feel disappointed? Yeah, there's definitely, um, a lot of, pressure just in gymnastics as a whole I think because you are chasing that perfect score so it's essentially chasing perfection um and so that made yeah competitions a pretty high pressure just because it is like a one shot like you get one routine you get one shot up on the event um to do yeah your best work for that day um so there's a lot of pressure in that 
um, I am very grateful for like the coaches and the team that I had around me because for all of us, obviously while that like is the ultimate goal, it was never like, I guess expected in the sense of um, that pressure. It was more so get up and do do the gymnastics that you know how to do, like the gymnastics that you practice every day. Um, and just like allow that to happen. Whereas focusing too much on um, the outcome or like the final score is often when, uh, yeah, mistakes we make or you get tight mentally um, and start to, yeah, kind of like lose focus in that sense. Blessed to play Ron Meyer once again chatting with Danielle Breen. She computed at the University of Nebraska. She was a women's gymnastic uh, on, on several uh, type of exercises, the bars, the bean, the floor. She did the all-around. She did it all, in fact. And I want to talk about you and your teammates. I know when you're part of a Division One team, you do a lot of traveling together. Obviously, you're spending hours uh, on the mat in the gym, um, you know, just honing your skills. So there's a lot of time spent with your teammates, building that camaraderie. Talk about the bond with your other teammates and uh, and just growing closer with them over the course of a season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're spending 20 hours a week in the gym together, plus time in the training room, time eating meals, um, and then all of the travel time, too. So, yeah, I definitely – that was – those were, they were my closest friends throughout college. Um, going through the same things, you bond especially well. Um, same struggles in the gym, same highs, same lows, um, all of that. And yeah, there's so many relationships that I still have with teammates like to this day that I, yeah, am eternally grateful for and grateful to Nebraska for, um, yeah, that opportunity to be able to build those relationships. So yeah, it's definitely a unique and a very special opportunity to be able to spend that, that quantity of time with teammates and really get to know each other, like not just on a gymnastics level, but also as human beings. Now, we all know the Big Ten, there's a, quite a bit of a rivalries that go on within the Big Ten. Those of us who are familiar with the Big Ten in football, we know of them. But uh, who is the big rival for Nebraska on the gymnastics side in the Big Ten? Yeah, during my four years, our biggest rival was Michigan, so the Wolverines. Um, we were kind of the top two um, going back and forth throughout my four years at Nebraska. So if there's one highlight that you could pick out that was most special for you as a Nebraska gymnast, what would it be? Oh, just one. Um, wow. I would say that my junior year, uh, we as in Nebraska hosted regionals, which um, you have to place in the top two as a team at regionals to qualify to the national championships. Um, and so we were on our last event, which was BEAM. And I was the anchor, so I was the last routine up. And I had to um, hit my routine and get, like, a pretty solid score in order for us to make um, make nationals because we had had a fall earlier in the lineup. And so I just will never forget, like, when I landed my dismount on that routine and seeing my coaches' reactions and my team's reactions as they were, like, standing off the side in the little corral. Um, and just the excitement, like, in that moment of – yeah, doing something together as a team and being able to deliver in that moment and, um, yeah, have my team's back because they had also had my back um, mm -hmm. earlier in the meet because I had fallen on bars. Um, so it was kind of full circle in that, yeah, my team had had my back on bars when I fell, and then I was able to have my team's back on beam 
to finish the meet and we were able to move on to nationals. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that indeed was a special moment, and you pick each other up. That's uh, great to see in a team sport that's made of individual accomplishments. Now, you were a two-time Scholastic All-American. You were a three-time Academic All-Big Ten selection, so obviously you performed well in the classroom, and they speak to a lot of Division One athletes, and it's all about time management, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, yeah, you learn, really learn how to, fit in homework, studying, that sort of stuff in the pockets of time that you have within the day. So it's like you have an hour in between class and practice and you spend 30 minutes working on one assignment. And then after practice, um, you got a couple hours. So you just kind of piece elements of different classes together, homework assignments, studying, group projects, what have you. Um, and you just really learn how to be creative with your time too, I think, in terms of this is the time I have to work with. And so how can I... Um, most effectively and like best use that time. I want you to reflect on your last routine when you knew your gymnastic career was over at the University of Nebraska. All those years putting in the hard work you talked about when you were a young girl and now culminating with a really an illustrious collegiate career. But talk about that last routine and your reflections on that. Yeah, well, um, so I was very fortunate that my last routine, I knew it was my last routine. We were um, at nationals and we had made it to super six that year so there was nowhere else to go like no other meet to qualify to so it was I knew it was going to be my last routine um yeah and reflecting on it now um it was definitely bittersweet but yeah to be able to close my career um at nationals and with the team that I was with um and to be able to end like on a high note in terms of a making it nationals into super six as a team and also um to hit and like make a good routine as my last routine to have that as my final memory um I'm very grateful for but it was definitely like a bittersweet realization I think more so after the fact um like in the coming days rather than like right in that moment um but yeah just the recognition that wow like I just spent 18 years doing this sport and now yeah, now it's done. Um, yeah, it's just, it's definitely still like something that I look back on and I'm like, wow, like how, how crazy is that? And like, what a blessing it was to be in the position that I was in and to be able to finish how I finished. All right, we're going to take a break, but um, Daniel Breen is still giving back now to collegiate athletes. On the spiritual side, we'll find out what she's doing on the collegiate campus when Blessed to Play returns after this. Here's another EWTN Real News Minute. The year 325 A.D. Twelve years after uniting the Roman Empire under Christianity, the Emperor Constantine faces a new challenge from the East. An Egyptian priest named Arius of Alexandria teaches that God the Father is the one and only God, and that Jesus Christ isn't God. Arius proclaims that Jesus was the man who became God. These heretical ideas amaze throngs of people throughout the empire. To address the challenge posed by the Arian heresy once and for all, Constantine convenes the First Ecumenical Council of Nicaea. 
The council declares that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, and therefore he has to be God, since only God can save the world. Church Pop takes a fresh and fun look at the news shaping our world, featuring engaging, inspiring, and informative Catholic social media content. Find it on Snapchat, Instagram, and on the web at churchpop.com. And you can get Church Pop emailed directly to your inbox. Visit EWTN.com and click subscribe. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Danielle Breen. She was quite a gymnast at the University of Nebraska competing for the Corn Huskers. Uh, she was an academic All-Big Ten. She was a uh, Nebraska Outstanding Scholar Award winner, and she had a number of accolades competing at the gymnastic level at the University of Nebraska, and we talked about that in the first half of the show. But there's something else about uh, Danielle that's also equally as important, if not more so, and that's her faith life, which is flourishing and has flourished. She's working on the collegiate campus now with a group called Focus and uh, working with athletes and uh, trying to guide them spiritually, which is very important, being an athlete herself. But Danielle, uh, part of this process was that you did not grow up Catholic. In fact, you were a baptized Lutheran. And the Easter Vigil Mass of 2019, you became a Catholic. Now, being a Lutheran is not terribly far away from Catholicism, but tell us why you converted to Catholicism and also that special day, uh, the Vigil in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so like you said, I was baptized Lutheran, but um, growing up didn't have a ton of uh, formation or, yeah, faith background, I guess. Um so coming into Nebraska, my time at Nebraska for college, um, I'd say I just had like an overall open disposition, open openness to learning more about about faith, about Jesus, about who he is, because, yeah, I've been doing gymnastics my whole life. And, yeah, I just kind of was beginning to see a pattern that regardless of like the success that I saw in the gym or even in the classroom school-wise, um, there was just this underlying sense of something more. Um, so Focus and uh, Focus as missionaries were on campus at Nebraska, and so I started going to um, a Bible study my freshman year, and just throughout the four years, um, see, many seeds were planted in regards to just a relationship with the Lord um, and the Catholic Church. Um, and so finally, when I was done with gymnastics, um, I guess I kind of more fully surrendered to, uh, I guess, the process of yeah, what does this, like, seeking of truth look like, and what does it actually look like to have my identity somewhere else besides in my sport or in my academics? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, like, the short version, but, yeah, then in 2019, that's the Easter Vigil, entering the church was super special because it was just this decision that had had been mine, like, because I had encountered the Lord and had, um, yeah, just witnessed so much of, like, the love and the joy that uh, the Catholic missionaries around me had lived with um, and had like really encountered and discovered like the truth and the beauty and the goodness of the Catholic church. 
Well, you mentioned FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and you came in the church, uh, the Catholic Church in Easter Vigil 2019, and now you're Catholic, right? So um, talk about how that changed you. I mean, this this is early on. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you're still in at Nebraska, obviously, you're still competing for the Cornhuskers, but how did this change you, and, and how did it? How did your teammates react? Um, yeah, for sure. So many of my other teammates were also attending, like, the Bible study um, and were involved in some capacity, um, whether they were Catholic or not. Um, so that was definitely a good, like, entry point for me, I guess, in a way, in the sense of I felt comfortable um, beginning to explore and learn, learn more about the faith because people around me were also doing so. Um, and yeah, over like the four years. So when I actually became Catholic, it was after I was done with gymnastics. Um, so I wasn't actually, um, yeah, Catholic like throughout those four years, but I think that, um, my teammates definitely played a role in just like encouraging me in, yeah, like, exploring and seeking the truth, and then especially, like, now, like, looking back, um, I think that they can recognize, like, just, like, even the gradual transformation that was happening, like, in my heart um, during those four years. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting with Danielle Breen. She competed as a gymnast for the University of Nebraska, the Cornhuskers, and now she's on another college campus. Maybe you could tell us your work now, Danielle, you're on a, a different campus than Nebraska, but you're, uh, you know, working with student athletes and you're trying to guide them spiritually. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm currently at Emporia State University, which is in um, Emporia, Kansas. And I get, yeah, the privilege and the honor to uh, do outreach to the student athletes here in Emporia. Um, so that looks like leading Bible studies with them, um, walking with various students in discipleship. So essentially, growing in what it means to be a disciple of the Lord and what it looks like to more fully um, give our hearts and our entire lives over to Jesus um, and to be able to invite other people into that and help to fulfill the great commission that Jesus gives us to go and make disciples of all nations. Um, So yeah, it's super, yeah, just awesome and a beautiful gift to be able to share kind of the wisdom that I have gained from my time as an athlete um, and the time since being an athlete um, with the women here on campus in Emporia um, and just, yeah, desiring to speak truth into their lives um, about their true identity. Um, It's really easy as college students and then especially as student athletes, I think, to like place our identity in what we're doing, um, whether that be sport, academics, involvement just like the productivity and like the busyness um that like the culture around us pushes on us Mm -hmm. um so just like the desire to share the truth that like our truest like fullest identity is first and foremost as like beloved children of god and like how can we live from that place and like let everything that we do flow from that and like from an encounter with the lord now, I think you would have a certain ex- life experience, obviously, in words of encouragement or even a, uh, a how-to-do, if you will, about, you know, a freshman coming in as an athlete, and we mentioned time management, but your your whole time on college is consumed either by study or sport and working out. But talk about just integrating the spiritual life in that context. Uh, you obviously did it, but what do you need to do to do it properly? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think a big piece that like I just continue to recognize and grow an awareness of, I guess, is just like how possible it is to like invite the Lord into every part of your life. Like it doesn't have to look just like one specific way, I guess, like depending on the season that any given person is in, um, the face life can look very different, but like the Lord desires to be a part of every part of our day and to like be invited into everything we're doing, whether it's like an early morning workout, eating breakfast, studying, whatever it may be. I think it took me a long time to realize that I can actually like pray while doing those things, if that makes sense, in terms of like, I can invite the Lord into this and, um, by doing that, like I am glorifying him and I am loving him. Um, and also like using the gifts that, um, yeah, he has given me. Now, Danielle, you've been away from gymnastics for a little while now. Uh, do you, do you miss the sport? Do you miss the fitness, the competing training? Yeah, there's definitely elements that I miss. Uh, physically, my body was ready to be done. Um, it's a pretty high intensity sport, pretty demanding. So my body was ready to be done. But especially during the competition season when I'm watching uh, meets, I miss just the team aspect, my teammates, um, and also just the journey or like the process involved in it all. Uh, there was always something that like you can do better. So that continual improvement mindset, I guess, of practice um, and being able to, yeah, always have something to work on, always have something to get better at, um, which does also correspond to the face life. So that's been like beautiful also to be able to recognize parallels and just like all the ways that time and athletics can, yeah, aid the face life or can be applicable also to our journey with the Lord. Well, very well said. Well, Danielle Breen has been our guest. Uh, what a great career she did have at the University of Nebraska, competing with the Cornhuskers, uh, uh, garnishing a, a whole lot of accolades at which we spoke of. And now she's taking her talents uh, as an athlete, but also her spiritual life to the college campus, helping to invigorate and to guide student athletes spiritually with a group called Focus. Danielle, best of wishes to you as in Emporia in Kansas with your work there on the college campus. And thank you for sharing a little bit about you right here on Blessed to Play. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two play.com. You can like us on Facebook and hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Danielle Breen, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.